This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, everybody. This week, we're going to talk about Lenny. We're going to talk about Chicago. And of course, we're going to talk about little girls smoking and drinking. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fossey Burden. Here on After Buzz TV, we are going to be talking about everything that happened in this episode. We're going to talk about Gwen trying to manipulate situations. We're going to talk about Fossey checking himself out of. I guess it's not rehab. I almost said rehab, but it's really a mental (laughs) institution. We're also going to talk about Anne and her new influence on him, as well as what's going on at this cabin, as they put it. Um, And we're also going to get into a little bit of this overworking situation. We have our special segment, of course, Fossey Fun Facts. We're going to find out what happened in this that is real and what happened that is maybe fictionalized for the television. And we're also going to have some news and gossip and, of course, our predictions on what's going to happen next week. But before we do all of that, let's introduce ourselves. I am your host, Brianna Phipps. And to my left, I have not one, but two lovely ladies next to me. We have the Miss Kim Davy, who is our dance amazing person that is knowledgeable in everything in that area, as well as Chicago is her favorite musical, so she's probably pretty excited for this episode. Very excited. Well, getting more excited as we're hopefully getting closer, but, you know sitting here waiting with my seatbelt on, ready to rock and roll. <laughs> and we have the most marvelous Amy Maestri back with us. She is a huge musical theater fan and little known fact, she wishes she could have had the opportunity to sleep with Bob Bossy. <laughs> you you know, I mean, bucket list. Past really? bucket list items. <laughs> <laughs> no, Amy is our resident comedian here at After Buzz TV as well, so we'll have little fun just like that throughout the show for all of you. Um, And of course, we're in the live chat, so if you have anything to say and want to comment along, I know Jazz usually is here with us, go ahead and chime in and we're going to shout you guys out. 
let's start off with overall thoughts on this episode. Kim, you want to start it off? Yes, I do. So, um, I just, uh, tonight's episode was really lovely. I felt, I mean, everything pretty much took place in one set, one area, where it, we were able to actually sit back with the characters, relax, hear some music, songs, dialogue. We weren't rushed around the countryside or around different time zones, really, either, were we? It was all just in one place, and we really got to know them on a deeper level and understand their relationships at a deeper level as well, I thought. So it was it was nice. It was relaxing for once, not like high stress. It was good. I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. It was nice to just kind of settle in with them Mm -hmm. for a little while. And I feel like episodes like this, they're always hit or miss for me when it's, you know, a weekend for the entire episode or just one night for the entire episode. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they did such a good job of really just moving it along so fluently. And it had, like I said, it had everything. We got to see a great performance from Michelle Williams. Mm -hmm. We got to know more about Anne. There was so many different storylines happening where attention was kind of building the whole time. But it was still just fun Mm -hmm. to watch, too. So this was one of my favorites, I think, so far. Nice. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, too. It was nice to just stay in one spot. And I kind of like episodes in television where they do where they bring all these characters together and force them into one area and you kind of have to interact. Um, I also really, really loved just seeing Gwen and Bob, for majority of the episode at least, on more of a friendship level um, and jesting with each other about their significant others. That was fun for me as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but let's start off with that. Let's start off with that reason why we're here, which is Joan died three months ago mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a congregation, like a tribute to her. They're doing something to bring everybody together and, uh, you know, I think have a little fun. Probably take some, <laughs> until Gwen got there at least, take Neil's mind off of the fact that he lost <laughs> oh. his wife. And I, did, I laughed a little bit when Gwen came in and the first thing, I'm like, they've been having fun this whole time. The first thing she does is like bring the mood way down. But mm. what do you guys think of this? Like, have you ever experienced something like this where everyone kind of gets together and just has like a fun weekend, just kind of take people's minds off of everything like that? Totally. I think um, recently, um, I mean, firstly, Joan was only like, what, 41? So she's so young. And I've had friends who have lost their mums, you know, early. And then I know a girl in my year who recently died in the last two years. And it's just, when when they're young, it's... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Just so much more of a blow, isn't it? For whatever reason. It's just so hurtful and there's so many people left behind and people have unprepared for it. So it is so nice when... um, Even tonight when Patty was up just giving a little speech and it's always nice to remember and the, those that have lost appreciate those that have the balls to stand up when everyone's sad and you know talk about them and then it's always nice to end it on a, a fun note like he cracked a joke at the end so it's so nice to remember people like this and I think people should do more of this celebrating their friends after they've died instead of being too scared to say anything to hurt feelings and all that kind of thing we need more celebration so it was cool to see that they were doing that and they were all part of it as well so I thought that was lovely yeah, I think it was a nice mix of the two because, like you said, yeah, like one kind of bringing it down a little bit. But also, I mean, that was one of her very, very close friends as well. So, I mean, she was kind of, you know, grieving in her own right as well. But, yeah, being able to get together and just celebrate the life that was rather than, 
you know, just being sad about it and getting out of the city to be able to do something like that. I recently was able to do the opposite and celebrate uh, my best friend who just beat breast cancer. Oh, that's good. Um, so right. we did the exact opposite, which thank God we did. But again, just being able to get together and have one of those like just weekends where you can celebrate whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was interesting because it did. It took a lot of levels throughout the weekend, but I think very therapeutic on different levels for everyone just in their own way, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely it's definitely something that I think should be done more in uh, I'm Irish and in our, our oh, culture potato tree <laughs> one two tree <laughs> um, in our culture it is a celebration of life you everyone does um, either a shot or a drink reg- depending on where you're at to the person <laughs> that has died and then from then on the rest of it is a celebration of the life of the person rather than looking at it as someone has died and we're all yeah. sad yeah, yeah. so it's I, the way to do it yeah, and we we started off with them like you know having I don't even know what this was with the lobster. I know the rice. I, <laughs> it, I guess well, I don't know where the finish line was. It was I was hard to tell what this was, but they were doing some sort I of something with the lobster. I wanted to animal cruelty all over that, <laughs> particularly when she comes and picks them up and just goes, "Okay, I'm going to cook these." Then the poor things. This actually Dude. reminded me of Amy Schumer. I'm reading her book right now. Finally, the girl with the. Uh, lower back tattoo and she talks about she was like a a riches to rags to riches story basically with her family and she talked about how their family like as they were kids would like race lobsters before they would cook them and the same thing she was just like looking back at it like we were monsters so that's a thing what were we doing apparently it's a thing do not think that's a thing that is an animal cruelty (laughs) only Amy Schumer and the the Bob Fosse vacation crew (laughs) those are the only Um, that's right but we're here and everybody's kind of congregated together and we get to find out you know him and Anne at this point are together Mm -hmm. Um, last time we saw her she was saying no to him once Mm -hmm. and dancing and that's it Mm -hmm. so they're together now and then Gwen shows up with her boyfriend which I wrote down his name and I've already forgot it it's Ron Ron thank you Ronald he is one of those people I am so sorry but he's like and they paint him that way in the show too that he's just so like one dimension Mm. that he's easy to forget like I'm sorry like he seems really nice as a true story I was reading something tonight though I didn't write any notes about it but basically saying that he in you'll probably have this in your but later on but his name was actually not Ron and it was another it wasn't the boy (laughs) excuse me the the boyfriend's name was not Ron and it's not depicted as he was so they kind of made him up for this Kim Kim's had so many different dialects going on I get excited, overstimulated. Can we get a tally going somewhere? (laughs) We can keep it Irish every time we do a shot when she does another accent. I love it. Let's do it. All of a sudden, halfway through the show, me and Amy are just like... And I'll be going, potato, tree, tree. I love it. Yeah, so we're, we're getting also that mix in. So we're seeing that Bob and Gwen are on a little bit better terms than they have been in the past, although Bob doesn't seem to remember meeting Ron. Oh, do you reckon, or do you really think he just wants to pretend that it he does seemed it pretty genuine? Genuine that he, I think he was so messed up that night that uh, I believe that he did not remember this man. Yeah, when it kept going, bed with. yeah, I was like, oh yeah, no, he actually doesn't remember. <laughs> yeah, because it was not even like, <laughs> oh yeah, and like when's like you climbed into bed with us. <laughs> It took like ten beats of like God. no remember and then this happened and then and then this happened and then you went to the mental hospital. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but yeah, so they, I kind of but I liked seeing them on this level and even like yeah. being like oh like you know she gets along with Nicole so well yeah well they're the same age well that was awesome Ron's in middle school basically or <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, he yeah. said yeah. back to him it, I like that kind of like 
jesting that they're able to be at this level now with each other. Well, are they, though? Because, I mean, things Well, at this point. Yeah, yeah. okay. (laughs) At this point, at least. (laughs) I feel like even credit to to Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams, the way that they played those scenes, you kind of found yourself, and to the writing, too, you found yourself going like, oh, yeah, this is nice, but also, like, you knew something else was coming. You could still feel some sort of, like, underlying tension there, even though it wasn't actually there yet. Well, they're still there to play each other, right? They're both there getting what they want. And we're still feeling the awkwardness, like, when Anne first, when Gwen walks in, like, you still have that awkwardness with her like how do I act what do I do yeah what is too much you yeah. know and even yeah. with Nicole she's like do, do I help her with her hair so the hair is okay but puking yeah. is not right <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Okay. well look, we see Fair. a different side of Nicole this episode too so Nicole's the only child on this vacation yeah. and poor thing she really I mean, has to I mean I've been there like when we used to when I was a kid I used to go up to the cabin with my parents and their friends and I had my sister thankfully but really like when you're on those kind of vacations, it is. There's nothing really for children to be doing yeah. at night, at least. That's when you're like, <laughs> don't want kids anymore, do you? Like, That's the reason not to have children. At night, it's like the parents go off, they're drinking, they're having their conversations with their adult friends, and then the kids are like, well, you know, during the day we were doing stuff that I could do, but now what do I do? And we saw that with Nicole. Mm-hmm. She was out swimming. And hanging out with Anne, and then it's like, okay, now it's night, and there's nothing for me to do. And so we see her, you know, taking a sip of beer trying out a cigarette mm. throwing up on the rug you know t- typical children stuff yeah it's yeah. interesting yeah. though because if, if it was like an italian family or somewhere in europe i mean the kids are drinking from a young age and smoking and stuff as well and maybe that's the way that they are able to include them more so but in america culture it's like children do not drink until they're older etc so it seemed like oh bad girl but that happens quite a lot in Europe. Kids I mean, it happens and... in America, too, but it is like uh, you're in trouble if it get found, yeah, if yeah, you get yeah. found out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you come and throw and up during the credit, dinner. she, I mean, I almost, I almost wanted her to drink more and smoke less. Like, one puff of cigarette. <laughs> because I just felt, like, so bad watching her smoke all this. I'm like, oh, that's not going to feel good in your throat. Let's, so- let's get into the meat of this episode. The smoking to drinking ratio that children should be doing. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Well, I'm just saying, if she, if she had had a couple sips of she beer, had the and only, that, and only one puff of the cigarette, I don't think she would have felt as bad. That's, That's true. Well, also, she, she, yeah, like, she got father, rid of, like daughter, rips the, the filters filter. off of the cigarette, uh, too. Yes. So. thing is, it's great. When that happens and they puke, they're not going to necessarily want to do it too fast, too quickly again, are true. they? But she gets sick, um, and this is the first time we see Gwen kind of jealous of Anne because Anne goes and she like right away is like I have it like, do you think it was um, jealous or more just like hell no step back girlfriend this I mean, is my role I think that is jealousy do you? a little bit I think it's like yeah like, like, I, I'm, like you, you can be there to have fun with her you can be there to be her sister. do the hair and like okay, but, you know, yeah, that, but, but when mine. it comes to like the serious things like no yeah you and it, yeah. I think it was also like a weird thing, for, maybe because Anne felt that she could because Anne gave her the go or Gwen gave her the go ahead from the hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like you can be there for like the friend moments, but this is a mom moment. Yeah, totally. So I'm stepping in now, and also she knows that Bob's not going to do anything. So true. it's like she knows that it's on her <laughs> yeah, or true. his like child bride. So <laughs> child bride, <laughs> she steps in. <laughs> um, and then from here we see where Nicole. Uh, tells her mom, like, this is what I did, and then her mom gets upset. Like, Gwen is like, like, this isn't like you, and this is when we have our little fight about, there's nothing for me to do here, mm-hmm. and basically said, Joan's kids didn't have to come, and she's like, they lost their mother. Mm-hmm. And so we get to, like, really what's going on, and I feel like the underlying thing of this whole episode, which is the fear of loss. 
Mm. And from a kid standpoint, it's like, I don't really understand. Yeah, because it was. That's a good point. Because, I mean, like, different types of... I mean, you know, while... We'll get into it later with the actual shows and everything. But, you know, Bob's going through figuring out, like, he's scared of losing things Mm -hmm. if he doesn't jump on them right now. Gwen's scared of losing it because Mm -hmm. she's not sure when she's going to be able to continue dancing until to be able to do Chicago. You know, like, there's Mm -hmm. the actual loss of Joan and what everyone's feeling on those levels. So, yeah. Brie, that's deep. That's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) I take a lighthearted moment and I go there. Whoa! I'm I'm all with you, go. (laughs) (laughs) You know who else is all here with us? After Buzz TV fans. And I think Kim has something she wants to shout out I to you I absolutely do. Thank you so much. So, hey, guys, um, before we move on to our next topic, we just wanted to say a huge thank you to all of you for making us the ESPN of TV talk. For us to continue to grow, though, we could use your help. would be very awesome. Uh, if you're on YouTube right now, if you can hit that thumbs up button and subscribe, just like Miss Amy's doing here. Uh, And if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating. That would be awesome. Uh, But no matter where you are, leave us a comment so that you can get involved in the conversation. Brie will shout you out and we can engage you. That would be awesome. Being part of AfterBuzz TV has meant so much to all of us and we truly appreciate you supporting us and doing what we love because we really do love it. Don't forget to tell your friends and please keep enjoying all of our shows. Um, We have many in all the different genres. Competition, reality, sci-fi. (laughs) The list goes on. (laughs) If you can think of it, we probably cover it. Uh, So, yeah, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you. Jazz, you're always in the chat. You're helping us out. She's uh, She she commented out. I know you're going to bring it probably up later in our news and gossip section, but she put out the... um, I'm sorry. I think she, but it could be a boy as well. So I'm sorry if I assume something right there. But Mm -hmm. they're always in here saying that uh, what Ron's real name was as well, but I'm sure we're getting to that a little bit later, so all the rest of you can just hang out for a bit. Cool, cool. Um, uh, Jazz, sorry, Jazz just said, I thought it was interesting that Patty didn't want him to do the Lenny movie. Yeah, and we're going to get all about Lenny in Chicago a little bit later as well, and the whole where Anne is and Patty are with Ron and his mental state. State of mind. Um, so thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you. Uh, so let's get into this mental hospital that he was in and how short of a time we actually find out that he was there. Mm. So we find out very early on from Nicole, because we open up the episode actually in the mental hospital with Gwen talking to him and him just being out of it. Yeah. And if he was there for a week when he was that out of it, he was only there a week, right? Yeah. That's what Six days. Yeah. Like, how can he be that screwed up and then that okay I mean, obviously, we're seeing him, like, what, seven weeks afterwards at the cabin. <laughs> but uh, there's a couple things going on for me here. It's like, A, is it an example of those that go to mental homes become worse when they're in there and don't have a time to heal because they're around that craziness? And when they actually leave, they are able to get better to get back into their own life and environment. Because for him to go from where he was to where he is now, there there's a lot that needs to happen for his state of mind. And uh, in my family, I've had a background where members of my family have actually had to go to mental institutions. Not kidding. The depression and anxiety thing that has run in my family. And I've been there to those myself. And they're not places you want to hang out. Because I think mental homes actually make you more mental if you're in there. I'm not kidding. Like, just being around the screams and the craziness, it's going to keep someone awful and crazy and screwed up. So it's actually good that he got out as fast as he did to hence where he is now, I think, seven weeks later, like a normal human being functioning again. That was deep, but that's what I had to say about that. 
And I think part of it is the drugs that he's on when he's in the mental institution is keeping him in that kind of... Sedated kind of. Yeah, sedated state. Uh, And we find out very shortly after that he was on lithium. He went off of it. Good on him. Uh, We found out that, you know, he's been telling all of his friends that... Uh, they said I was good, I had a clean bill of health, and they let me go. But really, we know that he didn't. He begged Gwen, which to, is brilliant. She's such a good actress. Yeah. <laughs> Tell tales. Yeah, to just say he was there for research, and he wasn't really there because he was it's a creative to kill genius. Yep. No matter what, she's always helping him. She is. She's whether, amazing. Yeah, whether it's on a choreography thing, direct, she's just she's always there. Who needs to pay her for her services? <laughs> yeah, just whatever, everything she does. Um, and then we also find out that. Uh, they wanted him to stay at least a month and that they wanted him to take a year off of work. Yeah, which makes sense. Which every single thing they want him to do, he's not doing. He's not staying on the medication. He's not staying in the facility and he's not stopping working. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's working on something at this very I have to moment. say I understand and I can relate. Can you imagine if you're that successful, you've just done the Triple Crown and you're on your high of your life career-wise – it would be a career suicide to stop. Wow. I mean, obviously, you can always come back, but it makes sense to me. I mean, I wouldn't well, want to Well, it's also either. if you're that used to working. Like, I was put on bed rest for three days once, and I was going stir-crazy. Like, I can't imagine, like, one year of, like, don't do anything. And mm. even Patty mentioned it, too, of just, like, he's like, listen, I get it. You know, you, you're just coming off of an Oscar. You're worried if you don't jump right into another project right away, people are going to forget about you or things like that. And, of course, like, that's, like... Fosse's whole thing like that's so much a part of his psyche possibly true though as well because you imagine if they find out that he's been in a mental home and then he's out of the business for a year people are going to ask questions and, this, yeah, and it's not like worth. nowadays where people are a little more forgiving in that yeah, area yeah, like totally. this was the 70s where mental health wasn't yeah talked about talked yeah. Yeah. down yeah yeah um but the person that's really worried is Anne. so mm-hmm. his new girlfriend she is so worried about him because she wants him to take the time off. She doesn't want him to overwork himself. She wants him to stay at home mm. and get better. And she doesn't want to deal with this craziness that he has going on. Do you know what's weird? I sat there thinking while I was watching this, like, Patty, Anne, Gwen, everyone's so concerned about him. And he doesn't deserve their concern. I think the way he's been such a prank for so long... And then all these people like looking out for him sincerely. I don't think he deserves that. Do you think he deserves that amount of care and attention? And <laughs> that sounds awful. And love when he's such a you know what. But then on the flip side, if I was him, I'd be really frustrated and annoyed. Like back off, you lot. It's my life. I'm gonna live it the way I want to. Appreciate it, but stop telling me what to do. So in a way, it would make him even more crazy because everyone's telling him what to do. I think that was just oh, so much a part much. of his pull, though. He had such like a gravitational pull to everyone around him, whether it was like in an actual romantic way or just as as a friend. Oh, like they all fully acknowledge that he's just a little shit. Like he is yeah. the worst. But there's something that they just can't well, escape. They all need him in a way. Well, yeah. I think That's also I mean. when you love someone too, regardless, like how much they upset you mm. and how much they do that really frustrates you, mm. it's hard to just cut that tie completely and to mm. not care. Or is it more of like a control thing insofar as people are telling him what to do because that's the way they want him to be because that'll make them feel better? I don't know. Because well, Anne, she wants mm. a relationship with him. She probably wants more time with him, doesn't want him to be sick and go back to things. So that's hers. Gwen wants him to stop doing what she's, he's doing so she can focus on the Chicago Patty might have a genuine interest, maybe. 
Yeah, it's kind of because it, it, that's an interesting point because everyone really does have their own self-serving Agenda. reason, yeah. but then also their own personal connection to him is just a, a human being and a friend or an ex or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But that's where I found, like, this such a great storyline with Anne possibly being the purest of them all. Yeah. And but still kind of trying to figure it out at the same time. So her dynamic with Gwen while she's trying to figure that out is is just I, I think Anne was actually the standout of the episode for me for that reason. Yeah, I think with Anne it's right off the bat I'm a little worried about her being in this relationship with him because she doesn't seem ready for this kind of a relationship. Mm-mm. And she says it over and over again about how worried she is and it's like We've seen what happens when you put your that much devotion and that much time and effort into someone like Bob Foss mm-hmm. because you're not going to get much in return. And we're going to talk about the whole blow up with Gwen with that whole basically saying that in a, just a minute. But I really want to get to the point of the when we have afterwards where Anne's very much, I don't know if I can handle this. And Gwen's basically telling her, you know what, you should. You should be there for him. You should do all this. It's going to be like you're going to have to put up with a lot. And she's like, but you're going to be a star. He'll help you. I loved the way that that scene was written. It was so, like, delicately spoken, but she had so many, like, good points in there. And like you said, like, it's, you know, sure, you may get the love, you may get a child, you may get these things, but also you get Lola. You get Roxy. You know, mentioning all those things. And I think the the greatest part of that whole conversation, though, was when Gwen said you learned to live with it, and she just goes, you didn't. And you're just like, oh... Oh, damn. <laughs> it's just weighing up priorities, really, isn't it? Because that's interesting. Like, would you choose a, re- a romantic relationship like that in order for your career to prosper? Or would you rather try and go it alone and go to another avenue to make your career prosper and choose real love? Well, and I think it shows us genuine. really a little bit more depth on Gwen. Because we're it? always, yeah. you know, every episode being like, oh, poor Gwen, poor Gwen, poor no, Gwen. She's but, you know, when she says these th- certain things and with the one with her other child, it's like you realize she also put her career above mm-hmm. everything else. She did. Yeah. And she also wanted success more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with her, she was willing to put up with that. And I think... She doesn't want to have to put up with it anymore. She still wants the benefits out of it, but she doesn't want to have to put up with it anymore, which is why I think she's trying to kind of almost make Anne take control over it, because she doesn't want to have to worry about him. But she also knows that she will if he doesn't have someone to. Mm, yeah, that's good. she's just like, well, you're new. Let's let's have you take the burden of all this. <laughs> new not, girl. I'll just do Chicago while you're, doing, while you're yeah. dealing with I'll this mess. All the benefits. <laughs> You deal with him cheating. Yeah. And I mean, and keeping him sober. It's, you know, I feel like a lot of other directors and choreographers and people could very easily, it's Gwen Verdon, could have given her amazing things. But the way that they worked together, mm-hmm. it was like he gave her these roles to be able to play with. Mm-hmm. But then he also gave her that freedom of working alongside of him to say, like, I don't like this or I do like this or let's try that. Well, let's get right into that whole thing because the main part of Gwen in this episode was her almost manipulating a lot of different situations mm-hmm. to try to get her way. Because she wants Chicago. Mm-hmm. She wants it above anything else it feels like at this point. And she realizes he's doing Lenny. And she's like, oh, I thought you weren't... I thought that was further down the bracket. And then she finds out Dustin Hoffman's involved. She's like, oh, I thought you were still writing it. And, you know, we little by little are getting like, no, he's doing Lenny over Chicago. Mm. And she's just not happy about it. So she's pounding in on every little insecurity she could with him. She's becoming brutal in this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, oh, can you not? Can you even do it? something that's not a musical? I don't think you have the fan base for that. No one's going to like that. Are the lies with a Z people going to watch this? Mm-hmm. 
No. Which is so interesting because he had just come off of doing the same thing to her when she was like, I'm doing just a straight play. Yeah, totally. Good point. Yeah. She, um, I think it's about her, about time. I think she's um, should be allowed in this instance because she's done so much for him. So in that way, it's fine. And the way that she does it is so nice. She's so nice about it. It's not like she's she? me. Yeah, I think so. I didn't see it as very nice at all. I think I it's just because she's it. doing it in her Broadway voice. Like she's saying <laughs> I feel I feel like it's like when someone compliments you, but really they're not complimenting you. Like they're like, um, Oh, you look good today. Like but like, uh, <laughs> like, oh, see, oh, like <laughs> Maybe it's a cultural thing because in New Zealand we'd be like, You suck, blah blah blah, move yeah, on. I we feel like it's like it one of those it. things like I'm slapping you, but I'm doing it through a compliment. It's almost like that feeling. Yeah, it's like passive aggressive, but like in Broadway sing songy voice too. So it makes but she's being very relentless about this and basically gets him to the breaking point where he's like i never want to do chicago and she yeah. breaks but she yeah. works out the one thing that's gonna turn him on that too it's the hell thing isn't it when she says i've spoken to hell about directing instead and that's what kills him and that's what makes him go boom actually but before even all of that she has this big blow up at him in front of Anne where she's like well this is the man you're going to be with he's going to lie to you and do whatever he wants and promise you things but really he's never going to deliver yeah but good on her I mean the amount of time she's put up with his crap. no I mean I'm fine with her saying all of this the only thing I just feel so bad for everybody else in the room because it's so uncomfortable yeah but do you think it is because they all know them so well I think and they're always they know even what people like. I, even people I know, like if they start fighting, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> where do I go? Even if you know it's coming, it doesn't like, make like it, it just any less happened awkward. The other day, I was like at a restaurant, and two of my friends started fighting, oh, no. and like I was like, can I get a, can I get a drink? <laughs> <laughs> like any other person I was with were just like, oh my god, it just puts. I feel like yeah, yeah doing it in front of other people just makes it an awkward yeah. situation. Even yeah. if they're like, yeah, we understand. Because yeah. especially too, I mean, I feel like they're all so close to each other. It makes it even more awkward in a way because it's not like there's a clear side, you know. Oh, like that's they're, interesting. They're all friends. They've all worked together on different things, or you know, they all have their own different relationships. Yeah. So yeah, they're just yeah, that's uh, awkward. Oh, yeah. funny. I think that's funny because I, it's probably usually me and my husband who are fighting in front of our friends, <laughs> and I haven't been on the receiving end, so I don't actually know how that feels. You're like, oh, no, shit. it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. You guys will be fine. Like, <laughs> Next yeah. time Kim's going to be like, wait, should we move, should we move to another room? <laughs> yeah, should we be doing this right now? Oh, are you guys, do you guys feel comfortable right yeah, now? Yeah. Are you okay? And they're like, not even looking at you. Uh, if Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon taught us But anything. I also anything. feel like it's oh. good for Anne because I feel like she needed to hear that. Like, because she, yes. she has to know the pattern of she's going to be with she exactly. can't think but I think and she knew kind of and that's where it's interesting with Anne because she's someone who yes Bob does see her differently than a lot of his other flings like Patty even mentioned like Gwen is starting to see and it's because she's smarter because she gave him a hard time initially but that's Quite also why she's not going to be able to stick around because she's too smart for it yeah and you know Gwen even mentions that to her. she's like you know Nicole has been around you no none other that I know of and like his last serious person never got to meet Nicole never got to speak to Nicole Mm -hmm. and you're out here playing with Nicole doing her hair having a friendship with her Mm -hmm. he obviously trusts you Mm -hmm. so you're different but how long does different stay different Yeah, before the same old patterns and the same old things come back up like Anne's in a very difficult position right now and she doesn't have to be there though it's her choice it is her choice so she's chosen yes so tough Uh, And then we and then we get to you know the scene where we it's almost like a makeup sex scene with Gwen yeah, and Bob. Wow, where they're fighting one minute about the Chicago thing, and, she, and and Gwen kind of like lets him know what she's really like. 
because he's like, why well, can't wait a year or two? And she's like, because I don't know if you're alive in a year or two. I, and he's like, you don't know if you can dance. She was like, I don't. Good point. That's why I want it now. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, yeah. she's like, regardless, I don't know what things are going to happen in the next two years. And I want this. Yeah, that's a long time to put things off. That if they were thinking back in the day, like, oh, give that one another year. I mean, I know Broadway and stuff takes years to create, right? Produce it. But, um, yeah, so much can happen in that time frame. I'm surprised he's not jumping on it quicker. I think in his head he's looking like that opportunity is still going to be there. Like, I'm Bob Fosse. Yeah. And he's yeah. not looking at it until this time that, you know what, she's getting older too. Yeah, I think kind of hit him because I think until then it was just like, no, I want to do something different. I want I have something to prove because that's so much of his person too. You know, just like I need to prove something. I can do something different. This, Len- You know, I feel like he's almost trying to pitch himself on Lenny. This entire episode. Well, I think Lenny, and I think the reason some of them are so concerned with it is that Lenny represents himself. Yeah. A tormented Mm -hmm. artist who uses, in Lenny's case, comedy. In Fosse's case, it's musical theater and showcasing and lightheartedness to get get away from the depressing parts. But he wants to focus on the depressing parts. And I think everyone's like, you just went down this road. Is that something you really want to focus on? Like, shouldn't you focus on something lighthearted for a little bit? See, that's really interesting because I see that as, like, that's actually probably a good idea for him to explore what he went through and to put it on stage. And in in a way, maybe that was his way of bringing mental health to the forefront for that generation, which we didn't have a lot of. So I think that would have been actually quite cool. We see it again, you know, in a little bit of uh, when they're doing the whole, like, virginity loss storyline and he tells his and everyone's like, oh, like, how lucky are you? But really, like... He was basically Freaking, molested yeah. or raped or what I Which don't, I think Ron even yes, kind of Ron like yeah, he's that. just kinda of looking like that's why wrong. is everyone so impressed with the story? Yeah, and the yeah. other guys are like, Ah, oh, you got two girls in one go on you your first do, try. Yeah. But Good is that just you, guy man? talk like yeah. trying to be macho versus Well I think and I think it's how Bob has told it. Bob has told it like it's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. Even if maybe it wasn't for him. Yeah. And so like you follow suit, like, oh this person thinks it's great. Like yeah. we've been yeah. taught our whole lives getting women is great. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Whereas, like, did he really want that at 13? 13, yeah. Like, who knows? I mean, the way they're portraying it in this show is that he did not really want it, but he's going to make that joke. He's going to make that jest to, you know, basically he's Lenny. He's going to use comedy to mask everything. Where I think, and that's where Gwen's more genuine concern on it comes through at the end when she says that. Because, again, she has her own self-serving reasons of wanting to be able to do Chicago while she can still dance it, but she still knows Bob and knows the dark places that he'll go to when he dives into something like that. And up until that that point, it has seemed like Gwen is just doing it for selfish reasons, and then that comes out. Yeah. Um, But regardless, he decides he's going to do both of these things at the same time. Patty says, (laughs) are you going to... Sorry, I just realized that... I said two, the two girls at the same time and these two things at the same time. Huh. Sorry, it was a little <laughs> place my brain went. Um, no, but he's going to do both Lenny and Chicago at the same time. And Patty says, is that going to kill you? And he's like, eh, I don't know. Like, basically, let's see. And then we get the 13 months until he has a heart attack. Hmm. Yeah. When, mm-hmm. when I saw that, that come up, I was just like, oh, man. Well played. Like, well <laughs> played. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how at times we as humans are prepared to test the limits of where we can go before we literally fail or fall on our face, i.e. heart attack? Because sometimes you don't actually know the boundaries of what you're capable of, and especially in this industry. People have got such insane busy schedules. So I'm not surprised he said we'll see because until you push the boundaries, you don't know where to stop or what, what your limits are, do you? It's also 
Like until you, yeah, exactly. You said like until you stop. Yeah. And like feel everything that's happening. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Do you guys notice? You know when like you're super busy and you got so much going on. You're working on adrenaline, and it is when you stop. When you have you're a like, rest, oh, that's when you get sick or you get tired because your body's like, thank mm. God that's over. <laughs> Recap. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it is also weird watching something like watching him fight Chicago so much when you're like, you know, he ends up doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like it's just like a weird thing to be like, like, why are we doing all this? You're going to do it. <laughs> you're like, like come on. We know what happens. How come much on. he didn't want to when that was someone he. But I most think that's the for. whole thing is that you know Gwen has done so many things for him when she didn't want to, and like this is the one time it seems like he did something for her when he didn't want to. And it's yeah, just something that made him the most famous. Is the most famous from yeah. her. Which is interesting. So it's so funny, yeah, looking at something like this that's historical, but then also just being like, oh, yeah, why this whole episode, yeah. fighting someone to do Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, his turning point, I don't know if you guys saw it differently, but for me, it was as soon as she said to him, no, Hal, or talk to Hal about directing it, that's when he got jealous, and he was like, oh, no, you won't. No, you won't. Okay, I'll do it, kind of thing. Yeah. So it wasn't for well, her. Well, I mean... <laughs> I think it was partly for her. I think, like, also that in that conversation, he noticed that she really wanted this. Do you reckon? Okay. I think mm. a little bit. I have to look at it that way. I think. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. There is that tiny part. I think it, it was. It was both, and I don't think he would take it on when he's going to be planning on doing Lenny as well. If there wasn't some sort of extra thing in it outside of just like, oh, well, yeah, I'll do it. Like, I, I think he needed that extra push from her on top of, yeah, like the jealousy may have been like an impulse thing. But I think like at the core, it was still like, well, I guess I have to do I guess I have to do something nice for her finally. <laughs> um, but that kind of wraps out our episode. So let's get in to our special segment where we're going to break down, you know, what really happened and what was fictionalized. Amy, you want to take mm-hmm. us away on that? I do not. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> you convinced me. <laughs> you're, you're the Gwen to my Bobby. Um, <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> So I thought that, because um, we were talking a lot about Chicago in this one, I found that this was interesting at Slate.com. Um, just a little bit about the background of the timeline of Chicago and how this worked, because obviously a big part of this episode was Gwen, you know, just agonizing over the fact that she took so long to get the rights, which is accurate, that she had to go through quite a bit. Um, so this said, Verdon first had the idea of adapting the play into a musical after she read it in the 1960s. Some accounts, though, have her wanting to do it since seeing Roxy Hart on television in the 50s. Recognizing that the story's combination of tawdry glamour and deep cynicism with the characters from the seedier side of showbiz was perfect for Fosse, while she, already in her 40s, knew a great part when she saw one. But she hit an immovable object in the form of Watkins, who by then had become a born-again Christian and refused to sell Verdon the rights because she believed the play glorified a sinful lifestyle. However, after Watkins' death in 1969, the couple and producer Richard Fryer were able to finally buy the rights from Watkins' estate and and got to work with the cabaret musical team of John Kander and Fred Ebb. So I thought that was interesting because obviously there's that big line of her just being like, just like you said, Brie, just breaking down and being like, I wish you would have told me this 10 years ago. And so this is kind of breaking down the timeline a little bit more that, yes, it was true that this was kind of like her, this was her baby in a sense for a long time of trying to figure out how to get the rights um, and how to be able to get this project off the ground. So, I mean, from the beginning of her having to deal with getting the rights from the from the you know this woman then from the estate and then going through having to convince 
Bob to do it too. It was, I mean, from beginning to end, this was just, uh, this was all Gwen Verdon. So it makes even more sense as to why she was so manipulative in what I thought was a nice way you guys didn't. If that was me and he'd known about that, that I wanted to do that for 10 years, I would have packed the biggest tanty in the room with all my friends to get that because I think the way she did it was lovely then. She was so kind and I'm sorry. No, as a fan, I was like loving it. I was like, yes, go, girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it wasn't enough. She could have done more. It was just like the little part of me that I was like, oh, I'm glad I'm not in that room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, good on her for, I mean, she went after it from every angle. So, yeah. I mean, she was, she was also like, if she wants something, she went after it. Yeah. Uh, let's get into some quick news and gossip before we wrap out here. Kim, you want to let us know what's up? Cool. So this is, I don't even know if this is fully news, but I was just doing some research around with the characters, etc. I wanted to know a little bit more about Paddy. Paddy from Ireland. He's not from Ireland, but Paddy Chesky. So he was apparently, you know how he's depicted in the show as like his... Uh, Bob's like best friend, buddy, buddy, really nice guy, writer, etc. Mm-hmm. So apparently, in real life, he wasn't. Apparently, they actually thinged him the the angriest man in the movies. So oh. he apparently was he's actually hot and fiery and temper and not very nice at all. And a random thing. So at after Fosse's heart attack that's about to happen in whatever weeks time. Apparently after that, the two of them had a bet of who was going to die first. And if Chasky died first, Fosse was going to have to do a soft shoe shuffle tap dance at his funeral. And if Fosse died first, then um, Chasky was going to have to do a tedious eulogy. (laughs) And so obviously, well not obviously, but if you don't know, Chasky died first in 1981. And so Fosse did a soft soft shoe shuffle at his funeral. Oh, facts. Whoa, that's great. Um, And that is Norman Leo Butts, who plays Patty in the show, who is also a Broadway actor who won a Tony Award for Catch Me If You Can. Uh, So, little fact there for you guys. Um, But thank you so much for that, Kim. That was really interesting. We unfortunately are running out of time, so we are not going to be able to make it to predictions today. But this was such a mini episode, we had to discuss it all. Um, So we'll just leave you on that, and we'll... Just see what happens next week. I do want to shout out everyone in the chat. Thank you, Jazz, for always being with us. And everyone that's watching that's not commenting along, thank you guys as well. And everybody that watches afterwards. We have gotten some five-star reviews on our iTunes, but unfortunately we have no comments from you guys. So I can't shout you out. But if you want to go ahead and leave a comment, if you listen to this on iTunes and you want to give us that five-star rating, please do that. And I will shout you out here. Um, But I don't have your name, unfortunately, if you just gave the review and no... uh, actual typing <laughs> so many logistics uh, but I'm gonna sh- I do want to shout out just three people from last week that were in our uh, comment section after we ended our show I cannot pronounce your name but X-P-O-N-O-S Z-A-X-A-P-A-T-O-S thank you so much <laughs> Dina Buchanan and Diane Berg thank you guys so much for leaving comments from us for last week and for watching us we really appreciate you until next week guys where can they find you yes everyone you can find me on all my social media at Kim Davy Live and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Maestri. And you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brie, B-R-I underscore Phipps, P-H-I-P-P-S. And I just also wanted to shout out Amy Motorhouse, who just chimed in in our chat. So thank you as well. We will see you all next week. Awesome. Bye, Bye guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later.
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.